Uh, welcome to Real Clear Politics. I'm Carl Cannon, Washington Bureau Chief. And uh, one of the hats I wear here is publisher of Real Clear Publishing, um, uh, our book arm. And we have an exciting new book. It's called Branding Democrats. The uh, authors are Ken Weber and Daryl Weber. And um, welcome. Welcome, gentlemen. Uh, let me start with the question uh, Brian Lamb at C-SPAN made famous when, when he interviews authors. What made, what made you two decide to write yeah. this book? All right. Well, I think I started it, so I'll answer that. Uh, I got fed up at yelling at the television about all the dumb things Democrats were doing. Um, and uh, that, that's the short answer. <laughs> you know, I really couldn't take it anymore. And I said, I know they're making, they are making mistakes they don't have to make. Uh, I know something about branding and marketing. I said, let's get this down on paper. And then I turned to Daryl, who's a true branding expert. Yeah, and, and I, I come from a different generation, so I was shouting at podcasts uh, and, and the internet, but I was seeing the same thing, that <laughs> Democrats are terrible at branding and there, there needed to be a big fix. And dad, my dad and I were thinking similar things, and we thought, let's partner up on this. So Ken Weber and Daryl Weber, a, a father-son team. I wrote... You guys may not know this. I wrote a book with my dad, Luke Cannon, and we had a ball. How was the experience for you two? <laughs> yeah, it worked. It worked out well. <laughs> no fights broke Ken, out. Can you yeah. confirm that? <laughs> yeah, there, there were no there were no fights. It worked out pretty well. Um, well, OK, uh, I'm going to press you a little on this on the work product because people are interested in authors and how they how they do what they do. Uh, the book that I mentioned to you was called Reagan's Disciple, and it compared the presidencies of Ronald Reagan and George W. Bush. Uh, Bush patterned himself after Reagan, notwithstanding that his own father and namesake had been president. Uh, but the mutual areas of, of expertise for us were relatively straightforward. My father was Reagan's pre uh, preeminent biographer, and I covered George W. Bush. So how did you two guys divide the work? Uh, I'll start because, I mean, I actually wrote like a five-page article that I posted somewhere online, sent it to a bunch of uh, – I wrote a, a, a blog called SanityFirst.com. And um, I basically wrote bits and pieces, put it up there, put it up other places. So it started with that. And then uh, we got good feedback. And that was the germ of it. And I said, let's expand this. And it just kept growing. Yeah. And from my side, I had also written some Medium articles. Uh, both of us had written books before. My previous book was is called Brand Seduction. It's about the psychology of brands and how brands live in the unconscious mind and how consumers make decisions uh, in terms of memory, attention. Uh, decision-making, all those kinds of things. So I was fascinated just by how humans work and how we decide things. And I, I had always been thinking about how can we apply that to politics in terms of how people vote and choose who they're going to vote for. And so I thought it was just, it was a good matchup. Uh, you, you guys start their book by saying that the Democratic Party brand is in shambles. That's your phrase. Um, I, I'm an independent, so I guess myself, I'd say the same is true in many respects of the Republican brand. I do. Do you, do you guys disagree <laughs> with that? Yeah. So, in t you know, we see this in focus groups and in the research online. If you ask people what Republicans stand for, or even just, you know, I, I look at um, Republicans posting online, how people are talking about them, they can very easily answer what a Republican stand for. They talk about things like lower taxes, freedom, personal responsibility, strong military. They can rattle off all these things. Uh, and then you ask, what do Democrats stand for? And you get kind of blank stares or you hear about some policies in particular policies here and there, or you hear about particular candidates, but you don't have an overarching sense for what the brand is overall uh, at a deeper, more emotional level, at a values level. And I think that's what we're trying to push here. Yeah, I would say uh, all that's true. And uh, Democrats, 
I mean, I, we start off by saying in the book, all the points, as Errol mentioned, there, there are bullet points of, you know, Republicans stand for uh, this and that and the other patriotism and, and uh, lower crime on the streets and lower taxes. Uh, and most of it's not even true. Most of the things that people think Republicans stand for is not actually correct in terms of actual policy. And it, typically it's the Democrats who come up with better policies. So that's where we start off by it's a, it's a matter of Democrat ha, Democrats have done a terrible job of getting the message out. And I'll just say, because it's right in the beginning, the, the key thing here is the difference between marketing and branding. And I think Daryl can really express that better than I can. Want to talk about that? Yeah. So I think we think Democrats are good at sort of short term messaging. Like each campaign, they'll talk about what, what they need to do in this campaign, what the immediate priorities are, what the benefits of this particular candidate are. Uh, but that's very short term. That's each election cycle. What they're not good at is the longer term brand thinking. And when you think about what a brand is, it's first of all, it's not just slogans or logos, as, as people might think when they hear the word branding. Uh, to me, it's much deeper than that. It's it's richer. It's more emotional. It's what what a brand stands for. It's kind of at its core. What what you know about it, what its values are, and really how you feel about it emotionally. Uh, and that's where we feel like Democrats haven't really defined what the brand is at that deeper, long-term level. Um, but on the sort of marketing side of it, they're good at you know sending out mailers for each campaign, putting up the posters, sending out the texts, fundraising. That's the sort of short, short-term marketing, as we're saying it, uh, they're good at. We just need feel like they need to think about that much longer term, building that overall brand across many campaigns. And, and I should add, but I just want to say, when Daryl says what he just said, Daryl has been a branding consultant uh, for some of the biggest name brands in the country or in the world. I, we won't cut down his resume here. It's in the book. You Again, though, I want to I want to stress I want to bring in independence here because they don't you know they're, they don't have a big voice in Washington. But a, a plurality of Americans are, are now sort of refuse to identify with either party. And um you know, for Americans in the middle on various issues, both parties seem overly beholden to their activist base and their donor community. Um, an environment that we're in now in which Republican candidates are afraid to say Donald Trump lost the 2020 election and Democrats feel that they have to call mothers, you know, birthing people is one that seems culturally off the rails. Just, just, just wait, 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 just, 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 I got to stop. I got to stop there. I'm just going to finish my sentence. Go ahead. That just seems off the rails. And so as Democrats, I want I want you guys to answer that. I want you to tell me why why that's not that's not how not how it is or how I should think of it. Right. So since I interrupted you, I apologize. (laughs) Okay, Uh, it's something like 40 or 50 or 60. Yeah. The majority of Republicans now believe the big lie. They believe this outrageous lie that in America, our our elections, the bedrock of our democracy is corrupted. It's all nonsense. It's completely untrue, as 50 courts have said. There's nothing to it. And when you say, you know, birthing a man or woman and they don't use that term, that's a teeny tiny part of of the Democratic Party, teeny tiny as compared to the majority of self-identified next, Republicans. Okay, next thing you're going to tell me, you don't think so, storming the Capitol and beating up police shows respect for law enforcement. 
Yeah, exactly. yeah. I think they're playing these wars really well. You know, they think that they know their base is going to get riled up about those things. It's a small percentage of the population. I mean, to be clear, I, I agree with trans rights. We should be accepting of it and and open to it, but that doesn't mean we should make it the whole political uh, platform that we're standing on or make it this big wedge issue when it really is a tiny percentage of the population. Um, and they, they're just... Well, but Daryl, but that exact... But, Daryl, that example I cited, that didn't come for the Republicans. I'm reading the Washington Post. I'm listening to NPR. And this, and th- th- I'm reading these stories about birthing people. And I'm thinking, I cover politics for a living. I think, oh, wait a minute. They're talking about moms. I mean, that's, okay, you're talking about branding. That seems like a self-inflicted wound. It's like uh, Latinx. You know, you go out and interview Latinos. And they, they don't like the term. And it offends them. So if you're talking about branding, why – don't don't you think the Democrats have to deal with this idea of of and it's got nothing to do with Republicans. I mean, in a way, it's just standing up to this very small percentage of, you know, intellectuals at the academy who are, are so politically correct that they alienate swing voters. Isn't that part of what you're trying to do is to get. It's, it's the same thing as defund the police, which if you turn on Fox News, you hear that, you know, every fourth sentence has the words defund the police. And again, show me a single leading Democrat who says we should actually actually defund the police. They may talk about police reform, but again, defund the police is, you know, half of one tenth of one percent, as opposed to 60, 70, 80 percent think the country has corrupted. Well, elections. I first heard that. I first heard that phrase while watching uh, CNN, not Fox News. And there they were people demonstrating and they had banners. And I remember thinking, and I'm not a marketing or a branding expert, but I remember thinking, because then people started explaining it. And I th- if you have to explain that your slogan doesn't mean what it sounds yeah. like it means, maybe you should pick another slogan, and, which is what which is what President right, Biden right, but did. You won't hear he, he rejected it out of hand specifically. But but that was, again, that, correct. you, you want to blame Fox News for that. But that seemed to me like a self-inflicted uh, uh, an unforced error. Yeah. Okay. We cover yeah. that in the book. Oh, actually, I, I remember yeah. that. Now. I mean, we talk about. <laughs> yeah. I, I had to read this manuscript. Yeah. I, I recommend other people well, do too. You're, you're, Darryl, did you're you talking about wokeism, right? Which before I go on, you know, I think it's a it's a benefit of Democrats that we are thinking about other people and caring about other people, and the sort of the core of wokeism is that we want to include everyone and and sh- you know bring them in. And uh, I think Republicans have made it so that they can now use it against us. Uh, and kind of a jujitsu move, um, and say, well, we, we're caring too much, and we're we're getting ridiculous, and we don't know which bathrooms to use, and um, yeah, we can't say the word mothers anymore. Um, I agree, maybe that's too far, uh, but at its core, I think that, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, I'm, it my activist friends, will, will I'm, get I'm that, old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I still agree with the core of it. Right, we should we should be accepting the trans people, but it, we shouldn't use that as our whole platform, and it shouldn't be made in, it, into seeming that that is the majority of the things we're working towards or, or caring about because it's not. And, and let's talk about Carl. What's in the book, which is dealing with the big issues: clean air, clean water, workers' rights, minority rights, uh, safety at the workplace. It goes on and on. You know, fair. Fair uh, wages, w- women and men should have equal pay for equal work. All all these issues that Democrats have traditionally cared about: Social Security, Medicare being strong, uh, good health care for everybody. These are the big issues. These are the big issues that Democrats stood for ten years ago. Now, five years, ten years in the future, we've always cared about these issues as Democrats. That's why we want, for example, the new branding to be Democrats fight for well, the people. And we want well, that to you, be clear 
We fight for the people, not well, for the big you, corporations. You, you've, uh, you've reminded me of a, a campaign I covered um, in which Democrats, you know, were not terrible at branding. In 1992, uh, the Clinton, Bill Clinton's campaign had an unofficial mantra. It's the economy, stupid. They kept those yeah, they kept those working on his campaign focused on on what what Clinton wanted to talk about. But the formal slogan of that campaign was for people for a change, which was complemented by a readable little bestseller called Putting People First that had easy to understand policy positions. That seemed like excellent branding to me. Right. But again, one of the things we say early on in the book is one of the basic mistakes Democrats, I guess Republicans do, but we're concerned with Democrats. One of the basic mistakes they make is you make. They make every candidate yeah. start from zero. So, Carl, if you want to run for uh, Congress as a Democrat, hypothetically here, if you want to run as a Democrat, you're going to get the consultants to say, OK, we'll put up ads to say how great Carl Cannon is and how terrible your opponent is. But we don't have to know about Carl Cannon. If Carl Cannon identifies as a Democrat, we should know. And the 16 and 18 and 20 year olds. 16-year-olds are just a cycle away from voting, right? So we want those people now and well into the future to understand if you identify as a Democrat, you stand for all the things the party that Democrats should give you 80% have traditionally of it already stood for. Right? Well, Rather than starting from nothing, you should have the 80%, I know what this candidate stands for and believe in, I agree right, with those things, right. and then maybe 20% as the individual candidate, him or herself. And similarly... When you go in the voting booth and you vote for president and you may, you'll know something about the president, presidential candidate and then maybe a senator. But when you get to Congress and your local state officials and your town officials, we hope you'll vote straight down the line because you understand what Democrats stand for. So that's what we're trying to move is one or two or three or four percent from this column over to the Democratic column or to get them who don't vote. To come let let me ask you guys something that happened the first week of August, uh, first Tuesday in August. Kansans went to the ballot box and surprised the, not just pro-life movement, the, the whole Democratic, the whole political establishment um, and by by rejecting this um, a, this measure, this measure that would have taken abortion rights out of the Kansas Constitution. This followed the Supreme Court decision. And it, it made me think that the Democrats um, slogan, they, they're branding, if you will. They've been saying this. They said it all summer. Roe v. Wade is on the ballot in November. Um, that turned out maybe that's pitch perfect. Uh, what do you guys think? Ironically, I, I was saying to some people here in the office that um, in the short run, this might actually be bad for our <laughs> book. Because Democrats might not get the shellacking, Obama's term, that everybody was expecting in the midterms because of gun control and, and abortion rights. And so people might say, we, we don't need Ken and Darrell's book because look how well we did. But it, what happens the next cycle, the next cycle? Well, I was going to ask cycle. you about that. I mean, it's David Gurr when a party, political party loses to blame the messaging. But Democrats won in 2020. They retook the White House. They pulled even in the Senate kept control of the house. Uh, in other words, the party's not in a bad well, place right now as we're talking. Did you, I, as I, did you guys write this book assuming the worst for Democrats in the 2022 midterms? Is that a, well, even, even though it seemed like a big win in 2020, it was very close, right? And we're, we're running against Donald Trump, which we can obviously yeah. can go into, but it's, 
it, it should have been a landslide. And then when you look at the policies, we see that Americans, the majority agree with the majority of the Democratic platform, right? It should be a landslide. It should be not even close. And yet here we are 50-50 in the Senate. We might lose the House coming up. We barely won the presidential election, even though it was a few states. Those states were very close. Uh, so it, it's hard to say that that we're winning easily or that we're ahead. It's we're we're neck and neck, and it should be a landslide. So we're, it feels like we're far behind. As we pointed out in the book, it's something like forty four thousand votes in three three or four states. That if they had shifted over to Trump, DJT would still be in, in the White House. Horrible thought, but. That's well, the truth. I, but I, okay, but on abortion, it seems that the Democrats' branding is working. I mean, the, the Democrats said something as soon as that uh, decision was leaked and it turned out to be right. Uh, they said, you know, we got to defend Roe v. Wade. And, and it's interesting. The polls broke the Democrats' way. Two thirds of Americans, depending on how you ask the question, say they wanted, they didn't want, they wanted to keep Roe v. Wade. They didn't want it to go away. But when you start asking specific questions, how about parental consent? Oh, well. Yeah, we believe in that. Uh, how about you know spousal consent? How about twelve weeks instead of you know twenty? Uh, these particulars, then the Democratic Party's official policy. Um, th- well, then what you see is that neither political party ac- actually represents majority opinion in this country on that issue. Americans want abortion to be legal. What was that phrase? Clinton's phrase. I brought it safe, legal, and rare. They want it to be legal if a but, but they also Correct. do want some restrictions that the Democratic Party is not willing to is they don't go there. So, you know, it strikes me that public opinion on this is much more nuanced than either party will admit and that the Democrats branding has worked for them on this issue. I, again, is, am, I, am I missing something or you agree? We're not going to argue the specifics. I mean, I, I could argue some of the specifics, but the point of the book branding Democrats is the long term big picture. We're not concerned with what happened in this election. You know, th- you're talking about something that happened. I don't know when people will see this, but happened yesterday, literally something like 14 well, hours but Ken, ago. We're going to be talking, talking about, about abortion about- in 2022 and in 2024. Absolutely. Yep. And the Democrats have to have so branding on it that works. This, you know, in the right yeah. way. And they're yeah. using it for fundraising and they're keeping up the energy with the base, which is all good. And I hope that can continue. I still think, though, if you zoom out, uh, Republicans own pro-life right? Which doesn't, like we were saying, factually incorrect is, is very factually incorrect, right? Once the baby's born, they don't care about mater- parental leave, childcare support, funding education, anything that's actually going to help the child. Uh, that strikes me as a little I mean, broad, but it, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, they don't care. They, if, we, if, you're, if your position is Republicans don't care about children, I, I, that's, that might be a harder sell than you think. But, but but isn't pro-choice I think, pretty um, good branding? Anti, Pro-life, uh, pro-choice. Forced and- birth, I've been hearing lately. Um, the government is forcing births, which is... <laughs> yeah, forced pro-birth, pro-forced birth or, or anti-choice. No Democrat, as we say in the book, we have a whole list of things Democrats should stop saying. One of them is you should never say, well, I'm pro-choice and I want to talk to my colleagues who are pro-life. No, no, we are pro-life too. We are pro-life. We are not pro-forced birth. We don't want to force a, a woman. Certainly, we don't want to force a 10-year-old, as you know, who was raped to have to carry a baby to term and probably ruin, certainly ruin her life, her health for the rest of her life. And in the book, we have all kinds of examples, if we're going to stay on this abortion issue, about, you know, <laughs> Republicans, George, George W. Bush had a whole bunch of beautiful children on uh, the stage with him, and they were supposedly uh, – 
there was a term for it. I forgot. Uh, snowflake babies. I forget what they were called, but that's not the issue, George. That's not the issue. You know, the issue is the 15 the, the year old who was raped or, or the 45 year old who has severe health issues or the 26 year old who already has five kids and could barely support human beings will have sex. And no, no uh, birth control method is is uh, foolproof. Let's let's. So it's not up to me or to Carl or to Daryl or to anybody except that person to decide. Can I uh, proceed with? Let's. Uh, all, all I was I was not trying to debate the issue with you. I was try, I was suggesting the Democrats have done pretty good on the branding on this on this issue. But that, that's that's all I was suggesting. I think we would say they're doing well in the marketing of it, but the the long-term branding again, uh, proving that we are actually the party that's pro-life, that's actually looking to take care of people once they're born. Um, in our policies, I think you see that more than you see Republicans. I'm not saying Republicans don't care about children. Of course they do. That's actually a value that we'd have in common with them. And I would want to show them that actually our policies are geared towards helping mothers and children once they're born, whereas what have Republicans done for those kids? Um, I, I have a couple questions about the sort of the, the morality of politics, how it's conducted in this country. Let me take a stab at it this way. Um, does, is there a danger to, to, is there a pitfall to being honest in politics? Um, you know, some of the best political branding in the United States history has been deceptive. Uh, he kept this out of war. That was Woodrow Wilson's slogan. And it worked. Uh, a dynamic that repeated itself nearly exactly in 1940 and Woodrow Wilson and FDR won, won big. Um, even though they were already planning to get the country in war. Uh, Walter Mondale, by contrast, promised at his convention to raise taxes. And he said Ronald Reagan would, too. Mondale was right, but he lost every state but Minnesota. And I, I kind of wonder, you know, how honest should you be in the branding or is it just and if you're and if you're not honest, does good branding breed cynicism? I guess those are my those are my questions. As Daryl, as Daryl just said, we don't want to talk about the marketing. If you know, if we say he'll keep you out of war, that talks about something that is happening this week, this month. You know, we are talking about the five, 10, 20 year branding of Democrats. What do Democrats stand for? Protecting Social Security, protecting Medicare, for trying, uh, trying to get health care costs lower, trying to get health care taken care of for the vast majority of people, uh, workers' rights, immigrant right, uh, rights. Uh, women's rights, uh, all these issues that Democrat, and there are many more, you, you know, that we're leaving out. Uh, protecting the environment. It's not, a, it's not global warming anymore. It's, it's a global emergency. I mean, what's happening in the Northwest right now with the fires, the drought, the flooding in Kentucky, these hundred year storms are happening every five years now. Yeah, I think your question hints at, you know, the idea of branding or even marketing might have a, a bad reputation and that it's, putting up a false veneer and trying to, you know, say we're about this thing and, and maybe you're not really. Uh, but really for branding to work properly, it, it has to re represent what's true about who you are. It, it has to be authentic, right? And I think you see some of the best politicians are truly authentic. Bernie Sanders probably comes to mind as, as one of the best where he's stayed true to what he believes. He doesn't try to put on any kind of false pretenses. He is who he is and he's been doing it for 20, you know, decades. Um, and people, people uh, that appeals to people, right? I think maybe one of the downfalls of Hillary is that you didn't get what, her authenticity coming through. You know, it felt like she was trying to play to someone she wasn't, um, whereas maybe Obama was. Um, 
Yeah, so I, I would never advocate for lying. I mean, Trump maybe lie, you know one lying every every almost sentence that he said, uh, but that's not the the way to do it properly, right? I think we would we would say we actually have all the the, the points that uh, my dad just mentioned. Uh, people agree with those, you know, climate change, uh, abortion, like you said, most of the country agrees with these things, so we don't have to lie. Gun safety. Yeah, we have the majority on our side, so we can stand for these things proudly and just make sure they are communicated and people know those values that we stand for. It should be aspirational. We should show what is the vision that we want to move the country towards, but that's not fake or inauthentic. That's, you know, saying what we believe in. That's what I was going to ask you next. Um, Barack Obama ran, especially the first time, uh, exceedingly aspirational campaign and you know with you know slogans like hope and yes we can and conservatives complain that they weren't specific but uh they motiv- they, they galvanize people they motivate people especially young voters um I, i'd submit i guess there's nothing wrong with hillary clinton's 2016 campaign slogan stronger together and she did carry the popular vote um you know i mean at real clear politics we we get into the weeds that <laughs> your dad doesn't want to get into you know, so was it a branding issue for Democrats in 2016 or that the party's nominee stopped campaigning and advertising in Michigan in Wisconsin? All right. That's what. what OK. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. So let's all right. Let's pick, let's pick up with this then, Daryl. So aspirational candidacy. I mean, the, the ones that have inspired me. All my life since I was a kid. I mean, and I'm not a partisan person. The, the new frontier. Morning again in America, Reagan, it's, you know, Kennedy, Reagan, Barack Obama. These were aspirational. They work. Why is it so hard to get political parties to, to do that? Yeah, I, th- I actually think Reagan had a particularly good example with the shining city on a hill. Uh, as like that aspirational place where you want to go. Paint that vision of what is this future yeah. that we want to have. Um, he did a great job with that. Obama, yeah, like he said, hope that when I was, I've been working in marketing branding in, in that circle, everyone was talking about what a great job he's doing with this campaign and how he's tapping into something emotional with people. It's resonating. He's inspiring people to come out. Uh, it was very exciting at the time. The problem is that was only for Barack Obama, right? It, it wasn't for Democrats overall. So that was a great campaign. That was great marketing. It didn't, how much of that went over to Hillary, even though she served in his administration, right? Like, it seemed like we lost a lot of enthusiasm there. Stronger Together, I would argue, doesn't say that much, actually, doesn't paint a vision of the future. And by the way, most people, if you ask what, what Hillary's slogan is, might say, I'm with her, which became a very popular phrase. And maybe it wasn't the official campaign slogan, but I saw a lot of hats and t-shirts with that. And I'm with her says also virtually nothing. <laughs> so that. Yeah, we, we touch on this in the book. I'm with her. One of the worst campaign slogans ever. It was a semi-official slogan, and it says absolutely nothing. Yeah. All right. So uh, I'll give, I want you guys to take the last word. So it's 2022. Now we have a midterms in less than 100 days. And then, as you guys know, the presidential campaign will pretty much start as soon as that's over. Um, and we got one in 2024. But but you guys want me to take the long view. So I'll do it. Let's the, the next ele- the, the, this year's election, the next presidential election, next four or five elections, say half a dozen things that the Democrats need to get voters to realize about their party that will help the Democratic Party and presumably the country? You go first. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay, Daryl will think about it. 
I'll just say, you know, the subtitle of the book is a top to bottom reimagining of campaign strategies. And when we say top to bottom, we're talking about how presidential candidates should do branding. And we're talking about how the local councilmen or women should should uh, brand themselves. For one example, uh, yard signs. Everybody puts up yard signs. Carl Cannon, uh, good for the people, you know, a man of the people, whatever it is, some generic nothing slogan. We say, no, the yard sign should say for Democrats, it should say, Carl Cannon, uh, let's, you know, you want to be independent. Okay. Uh, Daryl Weber, <laughs> a proud Democrat, proud American. We want to get it into people's minds now and for decades that we're proud of being Democrats and the history of them, of the Democratic Party, certainly since FDR. And we want to tie ourselves to America. We are sick of uh, Republicans seeming to own patriotism. No, 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 no. They're actually more uh, registered Democrats than there are Republicans. You can't be more patriotic if, if you are a minority. We are patriotic as much as anybody else. And we want to reinforce that even when it comes to the local council elections uh, and the yard signs and the buttons. So from that all the way up, we want to change. And, and the book, again, is a guidebook, a step-by-step -step guidebook about steps uh, candidates from at every level we think can and should take to really revamp the way Democrats approach elections now and in the future. And again, Carl, what we're looking for is to move one or two or three percent. In many cases, that's going to shift the powers. Daryl, you want to add to that? Yeah. So one of the one of the suggestions we make is right now we're focusing all our campaign contributions, all the money that we have is focused on individual campaigns rather than the brand overall. Can we think about actually advertising, marketing the brand overall uh, in these upcoming campaigns and start saying for Democrats, and, and that should help everyone uh, across the board, right, rather than just focusing on an individual candidate. Uh, and then, uh, like you just said, we, you know, we can take back some of these framings that Republicans have owned. So they're owning patriotism. How can you be the, the, the party of patriotism if you're trying to overturn a Democratic election? Um, Freedom, you know, they're, they're trying to own freedom. Uh, I think Democrats can make a strong case uh, that they are actually the, the party of freedom. Can we take back that word? Um, yeah. <laughs> I had a bunch of others. Yeah. The whole, we have a whole bunch in the book. Yeah, I'll just say when you ask about long term, we have, I know you're an erudite man, Carl. Uh, Jonathan Swift had his uh, modest proposal. Uh, back a couple of hundred years ago, we have several modest, modest proposals, including what Daryl was alluding to. We suggest Democrats basically stop all uh, campaign specific advertising and they have billions of dollars that spent coast to coast. Stop that and just advertise the Democratic brand starting after every election. Right now, uh, Joe Biden, for example, got the infrastructure bill passed. Trump had four years every week. He promised next week is going to be infrastructure. We have crumbling roads and bridges and tunnels and ports and airports. He did nothing. Joe Biden in his first few months got a true significant infrastructure bill passed. You ask the average man or woman in the street. They have no idea about but right it. Right now, the That's inflation reduction branding like problem. We could be advertising that. That's on. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So so and stop spending on individual candidates, start spending on the brand that will help the individual candidates. So that's one of our modest proposals. 
Well, you can read the rest of them in Branding Democrats, soon to be out. Uh, you can find it on our site, uh, Real Clear Publishing. Um, just go to the homepage of Real Clear Politics and click on one of the links. You'll see the author. You'll see this interview will be posted there. Uh, and if you're if you're a Democrat, you read that, get some ideas. If you're a Republican, you see what, what, what the other side might be up to. Uh, and if you're an independent like me, um, it'll, you'll just learn more about politics. So on that note, I'd like to thank the authors, Ken Weber, Daryl Weber, um, and I'm Carl Cannon, and this has been um, a real clear publishing uh, author Q&A. Thank you.